Welcome to the Lakeside Baptist Church Podcast. We pray you are blessed as you hear the Word of God today. For more information regarding Lakeside Baptist Church, please visit lakeside.asn.au. To try and teach us lessons. And, and so here uh, there is the, the illustration uh, or the parable of the size of a mustard seed, but when planted uh, and, and with God in it, can uh, reach its full potential and be an amazing little seed uh, if God is in it. And so, you know, Jesus uses these, these different illustrations. He, he uh, once spoke about the lilies of the field, and when he spoke to his audience, they would have known what, they, what uh, he was speaking about. Uh, he used illustrations like the birds of the air and, and the vines and the branches, uh, things like shepherds and, and the sheep uh, and uh, trees and rocks and fishing and, and a host of other things. And so this parable of the mustard seed was something that these his audience would have known about. Uh, and so he uses this parable uh, to, to basically e- explain to them their potential uh, with reference to the kingdom of God and how they can discover their potential if God is in it. And so that's what I want to share with you this morning. How, and it's not a pop psychology, go look at yourself in the mirror and say, oh man, you're good. Yes, 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 you can do it. No, because as you exit the bathroom or wherever the mirror is, uh, the first obstacle you might stumble and fall. But it's how do you and I fit in in the kingdom of God? And so let me read this parable to you. Mark chapter 4, verses 30 uh, to 32, then also 2 Corinthians five seventeen. Mark chapter 4, 30 to 32. And again, he said, this is Jesus, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest seed you plant in the ground. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds of the air can perch in its shade. Then I want to combine that with 2 Corinthians 5.17 and say, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. And so how do we discover our potential in a mustard seed? And folk, while preparing for this, I, I realized that, that, you know, uh, when you have seeds on the ground, the birds come and take those seeds. That's their food. And what Jesus was saying, this little seed eventually grows uh, to, to become so big that those little birds that actually eat it can go and find their place in this tree. They can build their nests in this tree. And, and that's quite profound as we think about that. And I think, you know, if you look at that next slide of, of pictures of mustard seeds, and, and, and the kids will have mustard seeds there, and they'll be able to, to use those in uh, their craft that they're doing to learn some life lessons. But they are tiny. There is a person with mustard seeds in their hand. They are tiny. Uh, there on the right-hand top corner, uh, those are little mustard seeds. But if you look at them uh, in, with reference to their size in the person's hand, but they can grow to become a huge tree uh, like the tree in that picture there. And so Jesus uses this mustard seed to illustrate his point, to say, hey, if rightly understood, 
there is so much potential uh, in you and me if God is in it. And we've heard so many stories in our lives where God has intervened uh, and made uh, great things come to fruition from nothing. And so what seems impossible in man's eyes uh, is so possible. I don't know about you, but um, I was a little rat bag when I was younger. Uh, a bit of a less of a rat bag now. Uh, but, you, you know, we've, God's taken all of our lives, all of our lives. As we sit here this morning, He's taken each and every one of our lives and He's changed them. And He's still changing them so we can reach our full potential in His kingdom. And that's what Jesus wants to uh, share with us this morning and share with those people that he spoke to. And so my first point this morning is the story about the kingdom. And in verse 30, he says, uh, how shall we picture the kingdom of God or by what parable shall we present it? And so this is a story about a kingdom. I thought I'd just share those three words with you because you cannot separate them in the original Greek. The word kingdom king and reign. And you'll see those first uh, six letters in the Greek are, are exactly the same. And we call that the root word. And when you discover that root word in the Greek, it actually uh, is connected to other words. And so I think last week I said to you that, that the word grace and joy and gifts of the Holy Spirit, no, uh, the week before that, and gifts of the Holy Spirit are all connected And so when we begin to think about the kingdom of God, there is a king. And that king reigns in a certain way. And that's different from the way the world sees it. And so in the kingdom of God, there is a king, in our context, Jesus, and he reigns in a certain way. And folk, in the Old Testament, um, because we're created in the image of God, he longs to reign with you and with me. And we read about it in Exodus chapter 19, where God longs to reign in relationship with the people of Israel. And he still continues that. And he longs to reign uh, with you and with me in relationship in our lives. And so Jesus is explaining to the people, this is what the kingdom of God is like. And there are amazing promises and privileges that we find in the kingdom of God. And it's a kingdom truth that lies in who Jesus Christ is. And here is King Jesus explaining about the kingdom of God and how the kingdom reigns. And he says, that is like a mustard seed which when sown upon the ground, though it is smaller than all the seeds upon the ground, yet when it's sown, grows up and becomes larger. And that word becomes a yenome in the Greek is a verb. And it actually is, is, it can turn into and it can become something that is extremely fulfilling. And so you and I can discover our potential that is extremely fulfilling in the kingdom of God. It depends how we see ourselves and who reigns in our lives. Because uh, He can make it and keep it into what you and I are supposed to be. And so notice the contrast here. There is a small beginning, a little seed, but there is a huge outcome when we begin to put uh, those in perspective. Small as a mustard seed, and everyone knew what Jesus was talking about. 
Yet uh, Jesus purposely used the saying to point about the kingdom of God. And so in that next slide, you begin to see that, that there is great untapped potential resident in that seed. And folk, I cannot fathom this, that a seed needs to be put in the ground and it needs to die before it can live. It's got to be God. It's got to be creation. It's got to be uh, how the kingdom of God operates. And folk, as we begin to tap into that potential that's found in that mustard seed and in what God takes your life and my life to be and change it, boy, he can get so much glory. And the word glory means fame. He can get so much fame out of your life and out of my life. So here I am with a whole lot of seeds in my hand and a, a breeze comes and blows them and they begin to die and take root and germinate and grow uh, where something so tiny can grow into a tree. And that's what God does. If you were to take that same metaphor through the Holy Spirit, He breathes through you and through me, and we can discover great potential, and He gets His glory out of it. And, and so that, that seed grows so large in comparison to what it began right in the beginning. And so that's you and that's me. And it's a story of, of potential uh, in your life and in my life. You begin to see Jesus explaining this contrast and this hidden potential that is available. And folk, I, you, you know, we often say, well, I've got nothing to give to God. How can he ever use a person like me? And I want to say that that is a, a simple statement of no faith. Because when we begin to put our faith in Jesus Christ, the way we're supposed to, and how it fits in the kingdom of God and in the context of the kingdom of God, God can take that and multiply it. You and I might say certain things that we don't think have impacted others, but when we sow those little seeds of what we say, it, by the grace of God, they can take good root and bear forth much fruit in somebody else's life. I've said certain things that have been harmful, but some of the things that I've said, people have reminded me, I'll never forget when you said this on, you know, in 19-whatever. And I'm going, are you serious? It took root and bore forth much fruit just as somebody sowed a seed in my life, and God used it to bring forth much fruit. For what purpose? So I can be famous? Well, clearly not. But for His honor and for His glory, for His fame. And that's the story about the kingdom of God. God wants to use you and me this year. And so we need to begin to discover our potential. But secondly, God wants to take something insignificant and use it for His greatness and His glory. And so this mustard seed is, is sown in smallness, but it comes forth in greatness. And there is so much potential in it. And, and the, the people of Israel would have known that, that God wants to be with them. In fact, uh, God traveled with them for many, many years in the Old Testament. And when they put their faith and trust in Him, the, the little bit of faith that they had, God delivered them. Because that's how the kingdom of God operates. And, and so the analogy there is quite profound, that, that when you and I put our faith in Jesus Christ, there is um, that, that beauty that God will lead us and His grace will keep us. So He's not going to put the children of Israel in the wilderness and abandon them. 
but as they choose to have relationship with him. And so that's important. As they choose to have relationship with him, so he gets to walk the road with them. If they choose to reject him, well, sadness comes. And we know that in 722 uh, BCE, they're going to captivity, and again in 586 BCE. But as they choose to follow Jesus Christ, so they can discover their potential and bring much glory to God. And again and again today, that's true, as we put our faith and trust in, in him. And so a little bit of faith can change so much. Why? Because God is in it. Because God is in it. And when we take that step of faith, now I'm not talking blind faith, you know, name it, frame it, claim it, yes, it's mine, and I'm going to do great things. No. When you begin to strategically plan with God in the picture, you never know what he can do with your life. You never know what he can do with your life. don't know why the story comes to mind, but uh, I'll never forget... Um, Maria and I went to a wedding, uh, and I was the marriage celebrant, and uh, one of our school teachers was there that was with us at school. And um, I walked there with my little bag, and, and uh, I saw her, and I said, Hi, ma'am, do you remember me, Christophides? Um, she said, and she nearly swallowed a cigarette, you know. <laughs> um, uh, I said to her, I said, Peter Christophides, my dad owned a little fish and chip shop, remember, there in the corner there? And... Um, she says, what are you doing here? Do you also know the couple that are getting married? I said, no, I'm the married celebrant. I mean, I nearly saw that big cigarette go down her throat and her blowing rings thereafter. And she said, what? She said, but you were so naughty when you were at school. I said, and then God. <laughs> and then God. And folk, he takes your life and he takes my life and he changes them to a place where even your high school teacher will nearly swallow her cigarette. You know, that's how God works, you see. And as you sit here this morning and you think, well, 2023, is there anything I can do for God? It's so hot, I don't even want to live. Never mind, do anything for God. God wants to use you, and he wants to use me this year. Where? Here at Lakeside and even to the ends of the earth. Are you prepared to give of yourself in the kingdom of God because God wants to use the little bit that you have and turn it into something great so we can stand one day and say, God did this to God be the glory. You see, because if it's all about me, then I'm going to fall short. But God is giving this beautiful parable and saying there is great potential when we put our faith and trust in Him. Thirdly, the potential greatness in you and in me. And folk, it's all found in Christ. It's all found in Christ. Those two little letters in. You see, before we were X out of Christ. Now that we're in Christ, God takes you and I and He uses us. And He longs to tap into that potential and that great resource that is available to those who believe in Jesus Christ. And is it to stand on the street corners and to convert the, the millions? Well, if that's the case and God leads you that way, He will uh, provide you with the power and the grace to be able to do that. But it might just be to affect one person at work. It might be to uh, be a prayer warrior for something. It might be to stand in the gap for somebody. And God can use you and me in an amazing way. But we need to look at planning so God can use us for his kingdom. Zechariah 4.10 says, For who has despised the day of small things? 
And so if we desire to do something in the kingdom of God, even something small, he will use us. But we need to make an effort. Uh, you know, th there was this one um, big African lady uh, in South Africa, and she said, she said to me, Pastor, I want to, I want to uh, preach to the multitudes, but you know, I'm not well, and I, I've got so many grandchildren. I said, why don't you be a godly grandmother to your grandchildren? Why don't you pray for them? Why don't you um, tell them about Jesus Christ? Yes, it's good to be able to desire to stand on the street corner and on the trains where there's a captive audience and you can preach to them and they can't kind of jump out the windows and they, you tell them to repent or, or turn or burn or whatever you want to tell them. But, you know, why don't you start off by being a godly grandmother to your grandchildren? And so I give you that, that fact because... Sometimes we want to do such great things that we're not even, that, that look so big that we're not even prepared to take the first step. But plan to do something small. And as you plan to do something small, God will begin to expand it in his kingdom because that's how the kingdom of God operates. And so you sit here this morning and you say, well, there is no hope for me. I can't succeed. There is no, you know... Well, friends, there is a huge opportunity as you give of yourself to God. And as we begin to fulfill the calling that he has placed in my life and in your life, so we can make a difference. There are two words in the second last line there, if only. This great book by David Siemens titled, If Only. And he talks about, if only uh, I had a better upbringing. If only my parents sent me to a better school. If only I didn't have this, or if only I did have that. If we sit and, you know, come up with excuses like if only, I want to suggest to you that that is a lack of faith. Because God wants to take exactly the lack of uh, gifting that we might have and the little bit of potential that we can give Him, He can turn into something good. But if you come up with excuses, then that perhaps is not the best way to start. And so if we uh, limit God, then it's an insult to God because God wants to take uh, whatever you and I have uh, and turn it into something good. I was speaking to somebody this week, uh, and uh, he's, had a, he's had it hard, really hard. And he'll probably have it a little bit harder you know, uh, in the future as well. But he said, I've learned so many life lessons that I want to teach others what I've learned so they don't make the same mistakes. I want to be able to take what I've learned in the past, all my mistakes, and teach others so uh, they don't make the same mistakes. And folks, that's what it's all about. And that's why 2 Corinthians 5.17 is so profound. Because we were outside of Christ, but now we're in Christ, and He has made us new creatures. And so to be able to, to tap into that potential so God can do something amazing out of my life and out of your life. I said this before. I really believe that God has laid those two words on my heart for us this year. History makers. We can change the course of history as we begin to make a difference in somebody's life. You never know. You never know what can happen when you begin to sow seeds into people's lives. And God changes those. And because of those seeds that you've sown, those people change the course of history. One such person had a nickname of Carrot Top. 
carrot top. Let me read you the story that I read this week. This young guy um, had no potential, clearly, when he was at school. Uh, his nickname was Carrot Top, and uh, the teacher wrote, the boy is certainly no scholar and has repeated his grade twice. He's also stubborn, he has a stubborn streak, and is sometimes rebellious in nature. He seems to have little or no understanding of his schoolwork. <laughs> Sounds like he's, they're talking about me here except in a most mechanical way. At times, he seems also perverse in his ability to learn. He has not made the most of his opportunities. A really sad picture. And so they wrote him off as a delinquent. And I don't know if you know who I'm talking about there. Anybody want to take a guess? Somebody say something? Who was that? Winston Churchill. Winston Churchill. Carrot top, loser of note. Not small L, but capital L. No potential. And he, he was able to give a little bit of what he had and was able to change the course of history. His name goes down as a history maker. I wonder if your name or my name will be go, going down as history makers. You see, if we fail to plan, we plan to fail. And so I think it's important that we, we say, God, here I am. I want to give my life to you. Won't you take the little bit that I have and use it for your honor and for your glory? You say to me, Christophides, thank you so much. How do I do this? How on earth do I do this? Because you've, you've kind of, uh, you know, led me to the water, but it seems like you might bring me back thirsty. Well, let me lead you into the water. Number one, a couple of keys that will help us to discover our potential this year. Number one, I think a willing heart. A willing heart. Uh, that's where it all begins. In Jeremiah 29:13, we read, and you shall seek me and find me when you search me with all your heart. That word seek in the Hebrew, bakash, means if you search me, if you strive after me, if you desire me. Remember in the Greek, Jesus said, seek and you'll find. That Greek word ziteo means seek in order to find. Remember I've said before, not a boy's look, but seek in order to find. Have a desire to find what you're looking for. Do you have that desire in your heart? Well, I want to make, you know, the top team in basketball. Well, you're going to have to work hard. You're going to need to practice. You need to make that effort. You want to give of yourself to the kingdom of God and be a history maker. You need that willing heart to make a difference and give of yourself. Deuteronomy 6.5, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your might. In other words, that willing heart that's prepared to give of itself. And so you and I need to prepare our hearts, open our hearts to what God has for us this year. Listen to God and obey Him. If you're looking for God, go and find Him in the Word. He will speak to you. You see, He speaks to us uh, through nature, but also through His Word. We're not going to find Him if we don't open the Word and look for Him. Because when we look for Him, we will find him. He will speak to us, bold, italics, highlighted. He'll give us a word in season at the perfect time if we're prepared to open our hearts to him. You see, a willing heart puts us in line with what God wants to give us. 
Secondly, an abiding relationship with Christ. What I mean by an abiding relationship with Christ? Not popping in to the things of God and then leaving, but abiding in Him. That word manor, to abide, to remain, to endure, to continue. Not when you need Him. It's like putting a coin in a vending machine, get what you want, and then you forget about Him, and then go to Him when you need Him again. No, when you abide in Him through the good and the bad. And so an abiding relationship with Christ, that He is part of my life. I don't turn Him on on a Sunday and turn Him off during the week. No, uh, He's part of my life because He's King of my life. He reigns supreme, and I'm in His kingdom. And so whatever decisions I make are with Him in store. Whatever I need to do, it's with God in the center of that. And so that relationship with Christ needs to be nurtured uh, constantly. Thirdly, this understanding that the promises of God are for you and for me. Know who we are in Christ. Know who we are in Christ. Not when we get this identity crisis, we don't know because an obstacle has come our way and we don't know the way forward. No, God is in it. God is in it. Rather than throw up our hands and say, why, why, why me, Lord? We can actually come to God and actually say, what are you saying in all of this? And actually find the answer because he will give us the answer when we seek him. He promises when we seek, we will find. 2 Peter 1.4, for by these he has granted to you and to me his precious and magnificent promises in order that by them you might become partakers of his divine nature. And folk, that word granted, uh, he, he's given it to us. It's, it's like it's connected to the word grace. He's given us what we don't deserve. And why? Because we are partakers in the kingdom of God. That's how God operates. You know, in the Beatitudes in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, uh, Matthew chapter 5 has those, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who mourn, uh, for they will be comforted. And all those blessed uh, uh, positions there. Those are not for those who don't know Christ. Because, you know, you'll hear many people say, well, you need to go, go and become poor in spirit, and then you'll be blessed. No. When you know your position in Christ, you know that you are poor in spirit and you desperately need God. You are blessed. You know what? When, when you are mourning, you'll be comforted because that's what happens in the kingdom of God. You're blessed. Not go and become that. No, that's who you are. And so when we understand our position in the Lord Jesus Christ, that's who we are. And that makes sense with 2 Corinthians 1.20, for as many as be the promises of God, in Him they are yes. And I think uh, one of the translations says, yea and amen, exclamation mark. Where also by Him is our amen to the glory of God through Him. And so when we begin to discover who we are in Christ, we can go with absolute certainty to him and discover our potential uh, in him and find calm and peace. Fourthly, we need to have a little bit of a vision. A bit of a vision. And what I mean by that, you know, to actually be sick and tired of being sick and tired. You know, and say, well, you know, uh, not to do the same old, same old things and expect change to happen. But to come to God and say, God, this year I've got a new vision. Uh, because we read in, in, 
in Proverbs 29, 18, that uh, without a vision, people perish. And, and that word perish means to, they, they're dismissed, they're for, they go back. They go back. And, and folk, all we need to do to go back is nothing. Let me say that again. All you need to go backward is nothing. Because positive Christianity says that we actually take steps forward with Christ in the midst. That's part of the kingdom of God. That's what it means to be blessed. As we take those steps forward with God, so uh, it comes through a vision to actually give myself to God and say, God, uh, this year I will have a new zeal, new hope, new energy, and I want you to use me for your honor and for your glory. And I don't want to bring the devil into the picture. Don't let the devil tell you stories. Don't let the devil talk negative stuff that you're a loser. The devil's a loser. You and I are in Christ, and we know uh, that when we give of ourselves, uh, God can do great things. And so to know him, you know, and to make him known uh, this year is, is a good way to start. Fifthly, to have concrete goals that are born in prayer. Concrete goals that are born in prayer. Psalm 37 verse 23 we read, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. In other words, to, to have relationship with him and to constantly be uh, in touch with him and to be speaking to God all the time. Psalm 119, verse 133, order my steps in you, Lord. In other words, to come before him and actually say, God, guide me. Guide me. Uh, use me for your honor and for your glory. To constantly seek him that we do the right thing and go in the right direction. And also Proverbs 16, verse 9, that says, A man's heart devises his way, but the Lord directs his steps. And so when we give of ourselves to him, he guides us. He leads us. Uh, you, you know, sometimes we never know why he's taken us down a certain pathway. But as we know that we know that that's the right path, God will reveal it to us. God will reveal it to us at the right time. And, and so uh, as we, we have these goals uh, set with him, uh, you know, uh, with us, we, we cannot uh, come second. And then the last one, hard work, hard work. Uh, in Hebrews 6.12, it says, Might not be slothful, in other words, lazy, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. That we begin to put uh, our faith and trust in Him and begin to actually take steps. You know, it doesn't uh, help to say, well, I have faith in Christ. Well, faith in Christ leads us, you see, Romans 1.5. It leads us. In other words, uh, through uh, putting our faith, we take action. James said that faith without works is dead. So when we begin to put our faith and trust in Him and take positive steps in the right direction through hard work, He will bring about this great potential that will bring Him so much glory. You see, God knows your limitations and He knows my limitations, but He still calls us. Remember this, this big, burly, uh, rough as guts, hairy, smelly fisherman by the name of Peter. God took him. What a loser. He denies Jesus three times. He says, Lord, uh, you know, these other uh, disciples will abandon you. Not me, though. I'm going to go all the way with you. And what does he do? Jesus says, before the cock crows, you'll deny me three times. Uh -uh, not me. Maybe those guys, not me. And it's exactly what happened to him. But afterwards, in John 21, Jesus reinstates Peter. And we see in Acts chapter 2 and onward 
how Peter becomes so effective in the kingdom of God. Why? Because God takes this insignificant loser and turns him into somebody who will bring much glory and honor to his name. And so God knows your limitations. He knows my limitations in January 2023. But despite that, he still wants to use us for his honor and glory. And I close off with this verse, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Through Christ who strengthens me. And that word strengthens means who empowers me, who enables me, who makes me strong. So I suggest to you that little is much when God is in it. And that God will not lead us where His grace cannot keep us. And I want to encourage you to grow where God has planted you. Grow where God has planted you. Here's a story about a little girl. In that next picture, there's a, this is a story about this little girl. Um, and I'll read you the story. A little girl stood near a small church from which she had been turned away because it was too crowded. I can't go to Sunday school, she sobbed to the pastor as he walked by. Seeing her shabby, unkept appearance, the pastor guessed the reason, and taking her by the hand, he took her inside and found a place for her in the Sunday school class. The child was so happy that they found room for her, and she went to bed that night thinking of the children who had no place to worship Jesus. Some two years later, this child lay dead in one of the poor, tenanted buildings. Her parents called for the kind-hearted pastor who had befriended their daughter to handle the final arrangements. As her poor little body was being moved, a worn and crumpled red purse was found which seemed to have been rummaged from some trash dump. Inside was found 57 cents and a note scribbled in childish handwriting which read, which read this is to help build the little church bigger so more children can go to Sunday school. 57 cents and a little note. Two years she had saved for this offering of love. When the pastor tearfully read that note, he knew instantly what he would do. Carrying this note and cracked red pocketbook to the pulpit, he told the story of her unselfish love and devotion. He challenged his deacons to get busy and raise enough money for the larger building. But the story does not end there. A newspaper learnt of the story and published it. It was read by a wealthy realtor who offered them a parcel of land worth many thousands. When told that the church could not pay so much, he offered to sell it to the, to the little church for 57 cents. Church members made large donations. Checks came from far and wide. Within five years, the little girl's gift had increased to millions, a huge sum for that time. Near the turn of the century, her unselfish love had paid large dividends. Well, that's kind of uh, that story there. No, that story is so real and relevant to you and to me. If we are prepared to sow that little seed to give of ourselves in the kingdom of God, God can take it and turn it into something beautiful for His honor and for His glory. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank you for your word to our hearts. Thank you, Lord, for your promises that are found in your word. 
Thank you, Lord, that you can take the little that we have, even the size of a mustard seed, and turn it into something huge. For that is how your kingdom works. So, Lord, as we sit here this morning, you know each and every one of us. You know our potential. We pray that you will take whatever we can give you, Lord, and turn it into something good. And, Lord, if we've got nothing to give you, won't you change our hearts so we will be able to give you of all of what we have for your honor and for your glory. Lord, we want to turn and look back at the end of the year and say, God has gone before us to God be the glory. God took something small and insignificant and turned it into something good for his honor and for his glory. Please do that, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.